you are listening to the Conversations for Change podcast with Dolphin Casper. So today I'm excited to have Tracy Berry on the Conversations for Change podcast. I met Tracy several months ago and we've been working together and uh, just really excited to see what she's doing with her project Grow Women Leaders and leadership in general. So uh, yeah, thank you for coming on the show and making some time and welcome. Thanks for having me, Delphine. Greatly yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. So what I wanted to start with is uh, a little bit about the genesis. Where did the idea for Grow Women Leaders come from? And then maybe from that we can get into a little bit more about your story and, and what the vision is because I feel like uh, right now we're in a time where there's so many question marks, there's so much uncertainty. Uh, I think a lot of people are worried or nervous and I think some of that is justified. And some of that might actually hold us back from creating the kind of future that we want, which is really what I see Grow Women Leaders uh, kind of providing. So where did the idea come from? And maybe tell me a little bit about what the journey has been like to, to get to where we are now. Wonderful. Um, the, uh, the idea uh, project, no, the idea of uh, Grow Women Leaders actually came after the project that I did that started in 2017. Uh, being an immigrant to Canada and the hurdles that we all go through, uh, particularly when you start having kids and having a family and all that. So that gave me the idea to, like the curiosity of wanting to know, um, I wanna see if other women from other background was going through those challenges, those hurdles, you know. So um, in 2017, when Canada was celebrating 150th so I thought it was going to be a great chance to actually just do something one for the community and also just uh, be creative and uh, that led me to come up with an, um, a project that was titled project 150 accomplished 150 immigrant women in Canada what we had to do with that was to collect the stories the untold stories of uh, immigrant women you know who's going to be talking about their successes their challenges and their accomplishments as a result, I thought I was just going to uh, publish that into a book that would be distributed to new immigrant women so they don't have to like, uh, you know, go through the struggles over again, right? So that little idea, which when I started, I didn't have like, I didn't have a plan for it, you know, just kind of went a little bit viral within Canada and uh, everybody was loving that idea. So um, I think that's, at the end of the project, I came up with a, a, a book called The Untold Stories of Immigrant Women in Canada. And uh, yeah, the rest was that. So uh, after the project, it was more of a project that, uh, that we were able to showcase and also see the challenges that women presented. The challenges that women presented was holding them back. I wanted to do more with that. That was how Grow Women Leaders was bet because I feel those challenges needed more uh, instead of just talking about the struggles and you know the problem so what is the pr what is the solution so i feel grow women leaders now is the solutions to uh, those challenges and struggles that was presented from the project so um, that was how now uh, i started doing the project uh, the, the research of how do we grow women leaders what is it supposed to be and uh, yeah before we just launched it a couple of weeks ago yeah amazing I'm curious if there were any highlights or particular stories in that process of, of collecting stories of immigrant women coming to Canada. To me, it, it seems like such a an exciting, rich area to explore. 
uh, and maybe an area that hasn't been explored enough yes. in terms of the the real, not just the kind of dramatizations or or you know things that might get caught in in a particular news story or a movie, but real women, real stories. What stuck out for you in the creation of that um, immigrant women to Canada that that book project? I love it because uh, we sh I want to have a space because before I started, I was actually the 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 whole project was created around my personal story of what I was encountering as an immigrant, the integration process, how hard it was. And now you came into Canada, like I came here like when I was uh, 17, you know, and there was no support. My family were back home. I was by myself. Nobody told me what to do. You know, trying to find myself. Uh, I was lonely. I didn't have nothing to depend on. The, the mentality I had from back home when I was growing up, the community I grew up with, uh, it wasn't a, a community of... Uh, abundance the way it is here in Canada. You know, there was just so much, uh, um, you know, beliefs and the tradition and the culture and also, you know, uh, the uh, disadvantage that we were, in, I was encountering while growing up. And all of a sudden, uh, I came to Canada where it's so opposite of what I used to uh, feel back home. You know, you know, there's this ideology when I was growing up as, uh, when you get to the Western world, like everything is all rosary, like you're going to be having a lot of money. Like when you're back home, like people make it sound like there's a tree you plug this money from, like all of a sudden you're, you're amazing. You can't even complain, right? So when I got here, apparently it wasn't like that, you know. Um, there was all this pressure on me and there was just so many things going on that I could not explain. You know, the difficulties that I was encountering, there was no family that was putting me through, there was no that was putting me through. Uh, the, the community wasn't really there because everybody was just on this cut race. At this time, there was the possibility of like, I can't do this, I won't be able to, to survive this, you know. Uh, the, the ridicule, the pain, the maybe not knowing to, maybe now I, I have a name to it to say, maybe it was depression there because you have all this expectation, uh, it's not coming to pass. Where do you start from? Like you. Don't just wake up. You don't want to wake up in the morning. You want to stay in your bed and just, you know, throw the, the blankets and all that. I went through all those phase. And meanwhile, when I was going through this phase, you know, there's also the saying of you can on, only attract your type. People like you will come. You, can, you keep attracting who you are. I started seeing all the immigrant women that was going through the same struggle. I'm like, ooh, this is crazy. You know, we were looking for a survivor. We're in the survivor mode of how can we do it a day, a day and a time, in couple up with loneliness, couple up with everything that can be out there. You know, and now maybe the idea was to start having babies. And now you're having babies, you haven't established here. Now when the baby comes, you like, oh no, this is another struggle of its own. Like it was just so much. It wasn't just me. And that, that, that led, like meeting all these women, the question that started standing out was, it's not that this, myself included, and these women that I'm saying, it's not that we don't have the potential to want to become what we want to become. It's just that the guidance that is out there, that idea of, uh, uh, equality for her. It wasn't just working for me, you know what I mean? Some people needed more support. This is where equity will come in. Mm -hmm. But how do we become an advocate for these women? I started doing my part, you know. Before I started doing my part in the community, because of all these hurdles, you know, having kids when I was young, I haven't found myself yet. I couldn't finish um, high school, you know. 
uh, like, I mean, upgrading, like I started everything I couldn't finish because of so much things. I started playing my part to say, how can I start supporting these women? This is where um, the idea of gathering women and say, let's go walk out, you know, um, because now at one point I was stuck in the government system, right? Of course, that's where you, where you belong when you, have, you haven't really uh, find yourself, right? Which is amazing. That's a great uh, uh, resources and tools that we, we are blessed with in Canada. But it, it becomes like a, a, a problem at, at some time because you're just there, you don't know what to do. And there are also those women that was already stuck in the system. Looking at those women and every other people that was out there, these women stuck in the system with myself included, it's not that we don't want to do something, we don't want to say something, it's just that we didn't know how to go about, right? And um, I started playing my part then, like, you know, showing these women how to walk out, how to, you know, we have to be sane, you know, how to move on and all that. And yeah, it just went on and on and on and on and on. I found myself, you know, becoming an encourager, becoming a motivator and so on and so forth. So that's where it came. And uh, when the opportunity to say, you know what, I was so pained to say, I want to be the difference. How can I do that? I think that's where the idea of wanting to go see other people from other community, because when you come, you are within the same community. So I, though Canada was so blessed with diversity, sometimes you see talk within who you know, the community you know. So my curiosity was like, I'm gonna go see what other women are going through and how they are actually overcoming those challenges. And uh, it took a little bit of time to start birthing. I think that was where the idea of the Project 150 came. And uh, you asked about the stories um, that we collected during the Project 150. Guess what? We all feel the same pain. It doesn't matter where you're from. Um, we all, when we are, we are going through, it doesn't matter if you're India, wherever you're from, uh, Asia, Chinese, black, wherever it is, I found out that the struggles was the same. Say for example, uh, a woman that will be all, you know, there are two types of immigrants that I found out when we're coming, when I was doing my project. It is the privilege and also underprivileged, right? Um, so the, the, the privilege might be those people that will come here as a refugee, as asylum, and all that. Uh, the country is uh, war-torn and all that. So there's a, when it comes to integration process, it is different. And the other one would be like, oh yes, you came in as a skilled worker, you came in as a, as a you know, sponsored, you came in as a, maybe a government official. The integration is different. So when we're looking at this, uh, you know, a challenges and struggles, I, I, I was able to kind of narrow it down to that aspect. But as that, many of these people that will even come as a, as a skill worker, you know, some of them will be doctors from back home, they have all these amazing jobs, they already have their, you know, their houses, they have the kids, just to say, you know, well, I got my visa, let me go get a, a, a better life. They get here, what they had also imagined would be it's not the same. Uh, these are going to be uh, women now that maybe we're doctors back home. Some of them will have to start as a PSW, right? Or some of them will have to start pursuing their credentials because that is what the system require. And along the way, some of them will fall short. So uh, when we start narrating the success of the accomplishments or the, or the successes is when those women prevail, like they, they beat all the odds. Some of them went back to school and now maybe after doing it for certain years, they are doctors back, right? So those are weird kind of stories. There was just so much, you know, some of them would say, I came here because I had kids that came with me. I couldn't start working in my field right away. I had to start becoming a, a cleaner or have to start becoming a bugger. But you know what? As I said, we weren't focusing on the, on the, 
on the on the um, problem rather of how were you able to prevail you know that's where the the interesting component came in so i didn't give up i was able to do it pushing myself with the support of this so uh, that's where it was just beautiful stories we were able to put like about 150 stories together from from for project 150 signifies 150 so yeah it's just amazing stories that uh, um, many of them brought tears when many of them were also, um, um, you know, narrating the stories, uh, some of them were first immigration, um, first immigrant generation that came in. Some of them would talk about the struggle that their, their mother um, uh, over, uh, overcame when they were growing up. Some of them would talk about how their mother would have to have a, a divorce in there. You know, uh, some of them would talk about maybe some of them was the post is it post homos they call it now. We did that segment also. Uh, they would talk about you know the divorce that will happen, you know, how was their mother able to go through, you know, some of them will talk about uh, cultural barriers, you know, why trying to integrate. Some of them also talk about, you know, they came here as an arranged marriage. It was just so much stories that were gathered that I felt, you know, that's why when we, when we titled the book, we call it Untold Stories of Immigrant Women in Canada. Yeah, it was just amazing stories and that came from, from that project of uh, hearing in, in, in addition to my own personal story. Amazing. As you're speaking, I was just thinking about how, you know, there's this distinction you made of, of people who come who are privileged in a way, skilled workers, educated people, um, and that their experience is, is different from this other side where people are coming, uh, potentially running from unstable or unsafe environments. Maybe they have little or no education or experience and they find themselves in Canada. Um, I also recognize that no matter what you do, if you leave your familiar home and you go to somewhere completely different, there's challenges, no matter what. And, you know, one of the things, one of the questions that I'm asking that I think is so relevant for this conversation we're having is, like, what makes the difference? Because there's a difference out there. Like, if the, the right person or the right support or the right opportunity comes by and you take advantage of that opportunity, that, that makes a big difference. But there are some people that have had little to no support or little to no kind of people in their life that can that can direct or support or mentor them. And somehow some of these people make it. So they, 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 they get there. And I'd love to hear from you what you feel like is the difference because not that I want to focus on the negative. It's just that I know that for all of the success stories out there, there are many, many stories of people that don't quote unquote make it. And I think the, the difference can be an external difference, like they're in a better place, there's more supports, there's more resources. But I would guess and even argue that the more important difference is an inner difference, a difference in where is that person coming from and what are they living for? Why are they making the choices they're making? So I'm wondering if you could speak to what you feel like that difference is and maybe in your own life, because you've experienced all of these challenges you're talking about, What's made the difference for you and, and what will keep making the difference? Because I know you're going to keep going. Um, the quote, I'm trying to kind of where you were talking. I'm like, I, I hope I get it right where they talk about your, your, net what, your network equivalent is your net what, right? Who you know and how you, um, like who you know the community you surround yourself with and who you're with will actually be your net worth. It's, there's a correlation between that. Because now after studying and haven't been in Canada now for 17 years or yeah, going to 18 years, I suppose now, um, 
like my families that are coming in, you know, how easier it is with them, right? Let's talk about um, when we came in, I talked about, you know, I, I, I was by myself before I met my partner. We started having kids while we were still trying to integrate. Imagine you're, you're already, you know, it's like they call it from fry pan to fire. <laughs> so you're having kids when you're not ready. You know, there's the challenges that comes to that because you didn't know, right? Um, so um, the life that we live, and when I get to see my the, the families that are coming in right now that we're like we're bringing in, or they're coming to Canada because we're already here, they have the opportunity, and the life they're living is very different, you know, because we've made that mistake, and that was exactly what I was trying to prove with Project 150, you know, you know, you can become, I, I got an article by, uh, I think it was uh, one of the newspaper that was like, you can actually become what you see, right? And and that's still my belief, and I see it working, and, and we can go about that later, if you remind me to talk about what, how that is true, you know, so this, this uh, our relative now, people that we've seen that was okay, uh, hey, we're coming to Canada, we hear that you are there, somebody just give us your number, uh, we need your, we need your support when you come, just a little bit of that makes a big difference you know you don't have to make the mistake or uh, go through the mistake that I made and I'm able to tell you ahead of time to say this was what I did this is what I did this was what I did so my my family right now it took me about 10 years or 11 years to purchase a home right so I some of my family members now that are coming in they are purchasing a home in three years you know because there is the support already you don't have to start looking for because we're guiding them so and and uh, and that was also what what I had um, uh, seeing the different words was the um, you know the right resources that maybe was there but it wasn't just clear enough for that you know and when women see me today to say uh, uh, when they hear about what Grow is doing or when they get to get information about what Grow is doing uh, some of them that I've lived through the experience that I lived through will say oh Tracy I wish I had had the opportunity to know what if I have seen this opportunity uh, when I just came to Canada I don't think that I, I would have been going through what I went through, you know what I mean? And in addition to that, when I was doing the project too, uh, I was able to find out that um, one thing is for sure, um, uh, and that is what uh, what's one of the, the, the mission that I'm fighting with right now is a supported one-stop space. That is one of the, um, the pillars that I'm working with in order for us to actually, uh, for women to grow into what they really want in a, in a time, uh, accelerate their time to becoming successful. It has to be like a space where they come together, uh, um, educational, um, you know, supports that they can develop with at a supported one-stop space. And that, that's my vision of making that to be possible, you know, and uh, that, is, that is what it is. It makes, it makes a difference to say that your community and the resources, because, you know, the idea of uh, when you come here, which is amazing, because where I'm coming from, I didn't, I didn't even know those ones were there, you know, and you, you were like, I want to do this, you go to this organization, the organization might be in the east, and they'll say, okay, you're going to be on the waiting list, 
uh, for maybe four four months or when you get to the other places oh no we can't service you here you know having to go different places to go look for those resources is very tiring and also sometimes you're there depends on the the scenario the purpose that you are you can be on the on, on that place or on their uh, waiting list for months you know and that's too it's very discouraging and I think that's where uh, the difficulties of actually wanting to bridge the inequality comes from because uh, let's say go back to uh, um, a doctor that was that was a, a woman that was a doctor back home like you come to Canada she she has all this zeal to get started and now when she reaches out to the organization they say oh you got to wait for eight months right eight months now she she's got to do a lot of things to just go by mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of them giving up even though they had the potential just because they don't have the they don't have the um, the clear um, 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 support they don't have the the realistic uh, you know how can i be doing this when i am flipping burgers and i have three kids to take care of it's not just realistic so hence before they could even actualize their their vision here in canada they give up i've seen so many of that so uh, as you said your question is if we can if we can um, if we can get a, a supported the vision of grow right now um, that we're trying we're bringing to fruition uh, I feel that uh, there will be a difference in actually you know helping those women accelerate their growth uh, to become um, uh, useful to the economy to become a contributor to the economy if uh, if it is done the way we're going it's a principle of the seed that we mm -hmm. currently use right mm -hmm. now uh, seed which stand for support uh, encourage um, encourage empower develop that's the principle that we've put together if that is applied to a, a woman that really has a zeal to want to you know get started there is uh, a big difference with that mm. I like the analogy or metaphor of climbing a mountain and you know if, if you don't know why you're climbing the mountain and it's it's tough if, if it's not an easy mountain to climb you're not going to make it because you'll you'll get to a place that it's really hard and scary and you'll go it's not worth it so you know one of the one of the things i know helps with that kind of uh project is a you can pick smaller mountains right you can kind of work your way up and, yes. and what happens is you get to the top of a smaller mountain and you look around and you go wow this is amazing this is an amazing feeling i'm different because of the work that i put in to get here mm -hmm. and then the other piece which i really think is what you're talking about with grow is um, if there's a mountain and we're not ready to climb it yet, but we know people who have, having them nearby is good. Like climbing with them is ideal. But even if we're not climbing with them, we can interact. We can ask them questions. We can talk. We can get pointers. We can get recommendations. They can tell us, you know, what it was like for them and what would have made a difference, what would have made it better. Um, and they can tell us whether it was worth it or not. So if we have people in our life that have walked where we want to walk and we trust them, I think we can ask them those questions and get feedback on, you know, I think we all have to choose our own path, but that doesn't mean we're not supposed to have help. We're, we're supposed to be a part of community where there's elders and there's people who have gone ahead of us and then we can benefit from, from their their walk, the, the steps they've taken. Totally, I, 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 that's, you just summarized it all. It makes a, a big difference, even when it comes to, uh, because right now the way with the, with the Grow Women Leaders Initiative, it's, it's, it's broader right now. You know, the issue of uh, inequality within like women uh, and men and not get, having enough women in leadership position, that is where that comes in too. You know, when I, t when I speak around that issue today, it's like, it doesn't really matter what a, what's women are made of or what it is 
Um, in order for a woman to be successful when it comes to a leadership role, she will constantly need that support. She will constantly need that mentorship. She constantly needs that coaching because uh, uh, coupled up with, it doesn't matter, the, the nature of women is that we, we have this um, motherly and nurturing that we carry along, you know what I mean? Uh, we always want to, because we always care for other people. It doesn't matter if, if it's a kid, if our family, there's just this intuition of wanting to care for others. So that can become a disadvantage for every woman. So if there's always a constant guidance, a constant support, and a constant, you know, um, somebody you can always reach out to who is accommodating, more women want to get there. That fears of, um, it cra it's so crazy right now when I speak to some women, even though they are doctors, uh, you ask them, why don't you want to go a little bit higher, you know? Oh, Tracy, I'm just comfortable here. I don't think uh, I'm caught up to be a leader. But you're, you're already a leader. You are doing an amazing job. Just put yourself out there. Like how they vehemently refuse or say, I am not equal to this tax. It's my bargain for me, right? So having to always constantly have somebody behind you to encourage you, that's part of the principle to mm -hmm. say, hey, you've got all that it takes. In the course of what I've done in this past couple of years, I have seen how women are rising to say, sure, if you with five kids can do this, I can do better. You know what I mean? Or, you know, with the Project 150, when we we're done, how women were able to say, Tracy, I'm going to start this business. I'm going to go back to school. Matter of fact, some of them of our participants running for, uh, for uh, politics, you know, that was made possible to because of the space that we created. And when these women would come to all the events that we had across Canada, you know, when we showcase those women talking about their story, just something will light up in their head. We're like, if she can do this, what is stopping me? So I've seen a lot of those courage, uh, courageous women taking that leave just as a result of, you know, um, seeing those women that are talking about, it's not a rocket science. You too can do it and how the difference. So imagine now giving them a supportive stop space to say, we can develop you. We can pair you up with matters. Oh, that is not how it's done because Hess and Hess did it that way. It didn't work. But what make you think? Like, just brainstorming. How many times do I call you sometimes and just say, oh, Dolphin, sometimes I'm, I'm having something to think about for days. And when you come in, you're like, this is it. In less than two minutes, you're giving me the answer mm -hmm. because one person does not have all that it takes. So that's, that's the idea of what Group Women Leaders is. And uh, we believe as a result of what we are doing now, we're going to be able to birth more women with vision who is going to be contributing to the economy for the future to come. Mm. Yeah, I, I love it. Um, it actually makes me, I've read it as an African proverb. I actually don't know its actual origin, but just what you were speaking reminded me of uh, the proverb, alone you can go fast, together we can go far. Far, and that's true. Like I get chills when I, when I say it or when I think about it because, um, you know, I think it's, it's an interesting conversation and reality of we live in western culture like here in canada in north america in particular it's very individualistic it's very me mine and and i think there's a place for that there's a place for self-expression in a, in a in a culture in a, in a society and if we go too far if we if we raise the 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 kind of value of the individual too high we lose community and we lose this underlying sentiment and sense of oh we're in this together we're on the same team and we can actually go way further and climb way higher if we do it together and and i know that um if you like that idea if that inspires you that's great 
And I also know there's, there's challenges and costs that go with that. There's, there's a reason why sometimes we like to go alone because it's, it is faster. You don't have to engage in all, all of the different nuances of being in relationship and community. And I, I don't even make either wrong. I think sometimes there is things for us to do on our own and that's beautiful. And often there's things for us to do together. That's, uh, that's where the balancing comes in. Of course, when it comes, you know, like last year, after doing all this project and uh, doing the Project 150, the success that it brought and the vision that I saw, I, I was able to see opportunity within opportunity. And uh, sometimes when I talk about my vision, when I started, people are like, she's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. Um, so that prompts me to say, you know what, this is something I have to birth on my own. So throughout 2019, I was working like crazy, you know, because I saw something that I could be a contribution, a contributor, I can be supporting, I can, I, I think I, I kind of have a solution. What solution can I solve? I, I, I was able to do this pro project, I went across Canada, had all the stories and these people gave me the hints. It was just amazing. So now, what can I, because I, I, it was, if you go around my house, if you see everywhere around now, you see me having posters everywhere. I was drawing. I was just so excited with this project that most of the time I can't even sleep. You know what I mean? Because I'm like, I think I have the solution. Solution derived from because of the experience that I've gone through. So I was so committed not to say, I don't want no other women to go through because what I've gone through was painful. And going back, it was painful. The ridicule, the humiliation, the confusion, the, just so much things that, was, that I, 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 I went through when I was there prompted me to say, I make sure that all that women don't go through that. So in order for me to not get the vision that I had seen, um, that I have seen uh, from that, many people didn't get it because what, I, what I'm doing it's never been done before. It's never been done before. So uh, what that means is uh, I have to do it alone. I have to do it. I have to commit hours and hours and hours, hours alone to make sure that, you know what, uh, enough is enough. I'm going to do this. People don't get it right now. Uh, that means uh, I have to, you know, be there. Now that's it's clear vision right now. People are like, oh, oh, this is what you were saying. So this is where um, I'm needing a community back now. Everybody has to take to say, okay, this is what it is. You can see it is realistic. Let's get involved. Absolutely, I agree with the idea of, uh, you know, well, there are times you got to do it individually, uh, but there are times that you're going to be needing community. But either way, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's, uh, it couples up. Yeah. You can never be by yourself. He uh, said, um, no man is an island. I, I believe that. So I think that is an African African proverb, you know, mm. you can never be an island. Uh, you need to be by yourself. You need to create the by yourself, but you also need the community. So that's how that goes, right? Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Uh, you had mentioned, you know, back home for you. Uh, and, uh, the audience may not know where home is for you. And, and you spoke about the, the beliefs there. And I got the sense that the, the, the beliefs that you were kind of born into and that were surrounding you when you were little, uh, seemed like beliefs that were quite limiting, mm -hmm. where if you just went along with the beliefs that you were born into, uh, life wouldn't have turned out this way. So I'm curious if you could tell a little bit, like share where, where home was for you and where you came from and what the beliefs, what you feel like the beliefs uh, in that place were and how you, I think this is one of the hardest things for human beings to do. So like I'm just honoring you for that, is when we're born into a family and a culture that holds certain beliefs as the truth, 
for us to stretch and live outside of those beliefs is a real thing. Like it's, it's amazing when people do that. So yeah, tell me a little bit about sure. yeah, the, 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 the I call, background. I call Nigeria, uh, Nigeria my home, and that's where I find it's the western part of uh, Africa. Uh, so yes, uh, that's where I call home until 17 years, until I came back to another home. Amazing to be here in Canada, it's great. Uh, so as you said, uh, we're not just talking about the limited beliefs or beliefs as a, as, as a whole. We're talking about uh, culture and also tradition that binds uh, individual, that binds male, that binds female. This ideology, even so, even so that it's not spoken, but it's it's already uh, inculcated into your your beliefs of uh, as a woman. Uh, you you can never be a leader <laughs> as a woman. You cannot even talk about leader as a woman. You get to this certain stage, you're going to be married off. Matter of fact, your your brothers, your sister, your mother, everybody is telling you you got to go learn how to cook because some man is going to you're going to become a wife to a husband. You know what I mean? Or oh my goodness, if you don't learn how to clean the house or cook, you know you can never make a good wife for anybody. You know, uh, matter of fact, you can go to school because you're going to be handing up in a um, in a mass kitchen, you know. So what those things was actually cementing, cementing you to believe is you cannot amount to anything as a woman. Matter of fact, don't even dream about it because at the end of it, you belong to a man. You dare not dream. You dare not even think of doing so much big stuff. Matter of fact, if you dare to do that, you are going out of the norm. And when you start going out of the norm, that means they start laboring you to, of what you're not. Oh, you're promiscuous, you're bad, you're cost, you're, you're this, you're that, you know what I mean? So so now, wanting to not bring those shame to your family or wanting to make sure that you are uh, in that, um, uh, you know, you, you're following the culture, the tradition, you just have to behave a certain way. That means you have to let go of your vision, you have to let go of your uh, ambition, you have to let go of uh, things that what you want to dear, right? So that's uh, that's what I find. And when I was growing up, that was the belief too. You know, you're groomed to be like somebody's wife, which uh, it was in for when I started doing the project, I was amazed that it applied to many cultures uh, that that I came across that was sharing their stories. That limiting belief, and now the the, the religion coupled to that. So just made it very hard for women to even want to dream at all. Unfortunately, unfortunately, many of these women still come to Canada and still take time, still carry on that belief because now you still belong to a, a, a community who you think they are always watching. And, and I've seen consequence too, you know, because this project gave me the freedom, gave me the liberty, gave me to know that, oh, you're in Canada. It, it just, and then going to University of Alberta, I have to mention, where it just kind of brought this boldness out of me to say, um, oh, wow, what, what was I thinking, right? And not me, I'm seeing, I'm coming across women too that are daring now based on their education and after time of finding themselves, they are saying that, oh my goodness, oh my God, I all of a sudden I can see clearly now, oh my gosh, right? But guess what? Many of these women, many of the women, it doesn't have to be that you're from Africa, you're from that, 
many of those women, even some of them that would say, please, here is my story. Don't talk about it. This is what I'm still going through. I don't know where to start because if I was to leave now with maybe six kids or seven kids, I don't even know where to start from. So I am enjoying it here. Keep praying for me, right? It's still that beliefs and the tradition and the culture that ties them together. And the reason why I had gone to say, whoa, it's not your thoughts, but how can we start breaking you out of this beliefs and this culture and, and to an extent tradition, because tradition, I, I still, there are still some tradition that I still, I still want to see hold on to because it, it, it makes sense. Um, so you can be a contributing factor to, to, the, to the community, to, to, to the economy, to your country and all that, and to yourself. It's what I do through Grow Women Leaders right now. So it's just so much, and, and, and guess what? And uh, even when I was in Canada for those couple of many years that I said I was struggling, uh, the struggling was Astrally tied. I have to say that because this is the about what I go through. Was we'll it tied to what I believed, right? The tradition that I have, you know. At one point, oh my gosh, the clock is ticking. I should be, I should be getting married now, having kids, because that's that's what you're supposed to do. You know what I mean? Even though people that are supposed to be, you know, holding you accountable might not be there, but because it's already uh, inculcated in your 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 mind, you just feel. You, you are you are indebted to it. So yeah, it was just so much. It was just so much. So it, even though I was young, I, 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 it held me back. Uh, and when I started the project, it was an high opening. It was an high opening. So and when I, when I kind of advocate for women today, and particularly for the minority women that I advocate for, and uh, having a little bit of background in women and gender studies, and we were talking about inequality and how women are still looking for their place on the table, I try to kind of throw into to remember that there is inequality within inequality. There is inequality within inequality. That means there are still some women who are so capable of doing so many things that are still held back with tradition, with beliefs, with ideology. Hence, they are not even in the place of the other women that are thinking that, oh, we, we want to get on the table. Like getting on the table to become a politician, it's not even in their thought right now. Fending to say, how can I become the leader that I need to even contribute to my kid's life first? Because I believe that leadership starts from individual. Right, and then when you're able to take care of yourself, you extend it properly to your kids. And then when you're like, oh, I think I have more abundance, you extend it into the community. And when you are, oh, oh my goodness, after working with this volunteering and all that, uh, I think I, I can still go further. I think I'm going to go to the UN. I'm going to run for politics. That's where it comes, right? So we we need support of uh, the idea of wanting to, you know, maybe identify those that are really uh, that has the potential irrespective of where they are today. Who would have thought like a, a mother of five like me would be doing all this and be, you know, the tenacity, the resilience, you know. You identify with those great potential. And you say, I think if these people are correctly, these women are correctly uh, supported, not just supported to, uh, you know, go wrong for uh, politics, maybe with more support from these women, we might be able to, you know, get them, you know. So we identify those women, we give them more, more extra support. Now we're talking about incentive, maybe from the government and all that. And before you know, in a in, in couple of years, you know the, the, the thought of a little drop of water making a mighty ocean? Mm. You know, I have two girls right now. You have to see the way they talk, you know. They're so bold. In addition to the privilege of being a Canadian, 
who I feel that the sky is the beginning of those girls because everybody wants to be Tracy Berry. Everybody wants to, you know what I mean? Because they see their mother doing it. They have this confidence now. Imagine what these kids are going to be doing in 10 years. You know, if that is what I can achieve for myself, I think I'm doing something amazing. So in addition to what I'm going to be doing in the future of helping other women become more or less like this, I just say it's just going to be an it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful uh, thing to to watch and mm. see as it unfolds, right? Yeah, there's there's like ten things that I want to talk about in what you were just speaking. So give me a second. I'm going to try and gather my thoughts, and I want to say a few things, and I'd like to hear what you yes. what you have to say. Yes. Um, you know, I think there's a bigger conversation about the piece of of tradition and and ideology and belief. And you pointed to it, I think I heard you kind of speak to, it's not that you want to throw all tradition out, but can we look honestly at tradition and go, what belongs? Some traditions are there because they worked a thousand years ago on a certain level. I mean, they may not have worked for everyone, but somehow the society benefited in some way. It, it created stability or, or control of some kind. And so it became a tradition. But that doesn't mean that it, it's a good tradition necessarily, and it doesn't mean it's a tradition that should carry on. And I know there's there's so much beauty in cultural tradition, in societal tradition, and and can we start to make more honest, objective decisions about, oh yeah, this tradition we don't need this anymore, you know, on the extremes where we talk about you know genital mutilation as a tradition. It's like okay, well, we'll and some people would disagree that it's time to lay that tradition down. So that's kind of on, on an extreme level of tradition, but then there's other traditions where it's really an expression of community and family. And, you know, my background is, is Jewish, but I wasn't, it wasn't a super traditional childhood for me. But it, the funny thing, when I was 20, I dated a woman who was Jewish and she brought me to her family's celebrations and it was really neat sort of second the, my second childhood to kind of see the what underlied some of the traditions and what some of the messages were and i really loved the the messages that underlied those traditions so i think there's a bigger conversation societally for us to have about especially multicultural societies where all of these traditions are coming together and everyone's got their own sense their own belief their own attachments so that's one piece the other piece that I thought was interesting is, you know, this difference between the the beliefs around equality and fairness, and especially, you know, for women, comparing that with what's going on in the United States, or even in the West in general, because there's still a lot of conversations about equality here and, and equity and, and what is fairness. And I know, I, I don't know if you've heard people speak about the difference between equality of opportunity versus the equality of outcome because not everyone if you give everyone free choice not everyone's going to choose the same thing no. and so then what does that mean it, 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 like the, the idea of women in leadership if we just let everyone choose and and there was no cultural conditioning would women choose to step into leadership positions as much as men i don't know like it's it's a real question to ask and then how do we unravel the, the kind of tangle between cultural conditioning that's told women, you can't do this, this is not for you, and, and the potential for a gender difference, like, a, like an inherent gender difference in these things. So, you know, I think there's bigger conversations, <laughs> and I love, like in my conversations with you, what I've appreciated is that you have opinions, it's clear, 
and you have a, a passionate approach to making things that you care about real. And I also get from you that, that you really, you want to listen to the truth that's there and not just force something because it seems like a good idea. So yeah, do you have any thoughts about those pieces? I like, do, yeah, I yeah. do. As you said, tradition could and culture, it's a beautiful thing, right? Um, there's, of course, there's the extreme, right? Um, and trust me, there is so much, much that I don't even know or that many don't even know, but it was just embedded. The society, the way it was positioned, just embedded into your beliefs. Without, you know, is you doing some acting certain way, but you don't know why you, you act certain way, right? So, uh, so how am I gonna say that? Uh, in order for us to move that, in order for you to able to find the truth, we need to start having good dialogue. Sometimes when you even ask people to say, why are you doing this? They don't even know why they do what they're doing. Oh my goodness, when I went to Africa, because I was in Africa during this, early this year, last year, and I was having conversations with many, many people now with undergraduate degree, men, because for me, when all this idea of growing mentally this came, I, f I found myself uh, opinionated, you know. I don't just know why. It was just something that kept pushing me. I hope I don't get into trouble and <laughs> something like that. When I'm here in Canada, I'm okay. But um, I just want to know, just that curiosity as you mentioned of, uh, I want to know the truth. What is your thought? So I'm always finding myself to say, what, what do you think? I want to know why you think in this way. You know, it was like I was having this conversation with this man about women in politics. And, you know, 90% of those men that I was having conversation with to say, I think it's hard time for, you know, Nigerian women to really step up and all that. You know, what, what, what they said, they all agree, unanimously agree that women that was in, uh, in, in politics were, were uh, promiscuous. No women, according to them, no woman climb up the corporate, uh, no, not, no woman would be in politics to say she doesn't, you know, I don't want to use the other word because of this. You know what I mean? And looking at the background of these people, these are reputable men, you know. They talk down on women. And I'm coming from Canada. So, like, I just want to get <laughs> clear. Like, the men were saying that for a woman to get up to a high level in, in corporate or politi political spaces, she you know, must the, be sleeping with people. Yeah, I, I, was like that. I was going to try yeah, to yeah. cut that well, just, I think it's good just to, like, <laughs> just if that's what they think, it's good for And, you know, not they saying it, because I knew that that was the culture that I grew up mm -hmm. with. That's mm -hmm. the belief of when a woman is doing something. And to even know that in 2019, 2020, they still believe that way. I was baffled by it, you know. What make you think so? You know, that was just... So imagine that, mm. to start having a dialogue for them to say, matter of fact, Maybe you're aware, your economy is where you are because you're not having that opening. How can you, with a degree or a master's, still be thinking about that? But I feel that with good conversation, right, and women now actually having, I don't know what is going to happen. It might happen. And it's not just in my culture alone. It might apply to all the, it will apply to say culture. I've seen a lot of cultures whereby the woman is basically in charge of everything. The man that does nothing will come up and say, I'm the leader of the house. You know what I mean? But, but it's obvious that your women run the show here. Like, wait, what is wrong with you guys? Are you confused about giving respect to Dusum, respect to you? Or is it so having a good, clear conversation? And it's, it's, that is why I believe in this Grow Talks that I do today to say, let's start shining 
light in conversation that are really difficult for, mm. for people to, I think that will get started. So that not trickles down into the inequality that you were talking about, right? Hmm. It's, it's, I, I don't really know how I'm going to answer that part, but if you're giving choice to all women to say, come become a leader, trust me, it boils down to choice. You will be surprised that many women might not still be interested in wanting to get in that leadership position. But just the inclusiveness of giving credits for those whom credits are due, calling my name where I am what's calling or when I'm sitting here, I am not feeling awkward because I'm sitting. I think that will go a long way to, 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 to starting this conversation around because you will be surprised that many might, it's like me, I don't, I don't know about the future, but if you ask me to go run for politics, I'll vehemently refuse to say, uh, I don't want to be a politician. But people that sees me outside, when I have conversation with men, maybe in my community, they will say, oh my God, I see you being like a politician. I'm like, mm, I don't think so. Because of maybe the way I'm has spoken and the way I talk and the way maybe I articulate and the, the, the characteristics that I use, they automatically, automatically think that. Or maybe the traits that I have, my, my shoulder, all the women that I speak to, they think that is the, 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 the direction I'm going. But me right now, I don't even see that. I don't know. I'm just saying for now in the next five years, I don't see that. So, but the ideology of when, when I, I feel included, of my opinion matters, you're giving me the credits that I am due, it means a lot to me. It, means, it makes me want to support you to say, I would rather push you to be there. Mm. But as long as I'm getting the, the inclusion, you know, uh, from back home now, some men are having conversation, they will tell their wife, hey, go inside. You are not supposed to be here. Men are talking. How demeaning. Yeah. How, how crazy that is. You know what I mean? So it, it's, it's the pain that will rush through you to say, are you saying that I'm less? So this kind of conversation totally. right now will go a far way. And when it comes to choice, you will be so surprised that many might not be even be fighting for what you're looking for. Mm. But just being heard and being included yeah. is what many women is looking for, uh, particularly at this day and age and the future to come. I think yeah. that's what we need to start having a conversation around. Yeah, well, it makes me think of two things. So one is that our ideas about leadership, I think are quite narrow. Correct. It tends to be a, a very traditional perspective on leadership. And I think, I think women have been kind of forced in some cases, but in other cases, just they believe that for them to be successful in, in environments of leadership, they have to do it like men do it. And I think that's true in a lot of cases to the detriment of society. I think women have this capacity to bring a style of leadership. You talked about the kind of nurturing underlying qualities of uh, that women have. Um, I think there's, there's a, a whole intelligence to the way women in their full authentic expression, bring leadership to the table that men mostly don't and maybe sometimes can't do, and we need it. We need that leadership. So like that's one piece that is just really clear for me. And the other one is, I'm just thinking about a young girl in Nigeria or wherever she's growing up, and there's a predominant influence of, of that ideology that women don't have a voice and can't do what they wanna do. What I also know is that young children are easily inspired. They see something and they go, I want to do that. And what happens to 
anyone, but in this case, I'm talking about young women. When a, when a, a young woman who has an inspiration gets from her mom or her dad or her uncle or her grandfather or her community, awesome, go do it and we're behind you and we will support you. Like if that consistently happens for that young woman, she's gonna make choices that are about her inspiration and not about the ideology or the threats or the, the, the challenge that gets pushed back on her from a society that's threatened by her power or by her inspiration. So I, yeah, I, I love a world where as parents and as community members and as leaders, regardless of someone's gender, everyone's inspiration is invited so that it can be a contribution to society, which is like, of course we want that. How much richer and more powerful is our society if everyone's inspired? That's correct. And, and, and when I look around, I don't see a lot of inspired cultures. That is what I'm, I will, the first uh, uh, aspect of your question, I'll answer that, right? Um, being a mother of five now, an immigrant, a woman of color, and uh, like of course my plate full, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But that <laughs> does not in any way um, make my vision invalid, mm -hmm. right? And matter of fact, it doesn't limit my ambition because a woman or a man that is full of, that has a vision, and also not just having a vision, you have the ambitions to go through it. It's, it's limitless. That's what I, 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 I believe, you know. When you, when you say you want to do something and you have the strength to want to do it, nothing stops you because you will be able to make sure. You will make sure because I, I, this is the current life I'm living, right? It doesn't matter the setback that you're going to get. People might look at you and say, you must be crazy. Oh, why are you going to do that? A woman or a man with vision will make sure that I'm going to bring this to fruition. So that's why I feel that um, the society gets it really wrong of, um, you know, just uh, laboring uh, somebody to say, oh, God, you've got your hands full. Or because you are this, I don't think you are that. Or because you have an accent or you have that, they, they put you in the corner. Mm -hmm. But something that I am certain, and this is where it might be contradicting to where the, many of what, you know, these women that might say they are feminists might be, is the opportunity to say, uh, for a woman to be successful, or uh, you, you were talking about how, uh, the society, oh my goodness, uh, the society will mix it. Uh, there's this, uh, um, the, how a leadership look like, you know, uh, for a woman to be successful as a leader. I think there was a comment around that. They have to act exactly like a man. Like you have to compete. Like I think that is where we are getting it wrong. I think because you would never expect to say, in order for you to compete for uh, 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 this position. And, and I, I think that's where the ideology of leadership is boiling and causing the confusion. You know, do you have this quality? Do you have this quality? Um, are you going to be able to have time like Mark? Because Mark now, she is single, you know, he's, he has a wife, his wife is full-time. So basically, they, they, I see that even though they don't speak it, they try to let you know that your, your, your male counterparts, this is what they have. They have the time. They have the time. So are you able to do that mm -hmm. in order for you to belong. And you see the woman lying to say, oh yes, yes, yes. You know, and then at the end is uh, um, causing them their relationship, is causing them their life, is causing them their, their vision of, uh, I, I don't have to be only be a leader. I want to be fulfilled in other aspect of my life. And at the end, the woman at the end is like, what have I done after all said and done? So if we start shifting our beliefs that you don't have to have everything that you make counterpart, but rather, Whatever you choose to do, we are going to support you. 
that is the principle of the seed that I am implementing right now to say, mm. it doesn't matter if that woman does not have a child right now. It doesn't matter if they have 10 kids or 20. If you apply the principle of seed, of irrespective of what it is, in order for us to have the fairness, the equity, you are always going to be guided. Your, your um, decision will be valid. You know, don't be afraid to speak up because don't worry, we understand. If we start taking together as a society, you will see more women, even though they are not getting the CEO position or wanting to be a politician, many of them will rise up to say, I can do more than that because the principle of the seed is, is going to be applied to me. And I know at any point in giving time, I would never be left alone. So I'm ready to give all that I have got in addition to juggling or doing other things that makes me happy. And the world will never be the same again through my contribution. Mm. That's one. And the other aspect you were talking about, uh, maybe if you can quickly juggle me, like you, you had two components to your question about... Um, yeah, I mean, there wasn't really questions. It was, it was really just about the, the nature of leadership, our relationship with leadership. And, and there's a piece that I'll piggyback, and then okay. maybe you'll pick that one uh -huh. up, which is, um, you know, if, if, I'm a, if I'm the CEO of a company, and I'm looking to hire someone to be the vice president, yes. and, and I want someone who's committed, I may look for those more kind of well-established traditional characteristics of a good leader. And, and what I think is, is that we as a society in Western culture in particular, we, we overvalue, uh, yeah, we overvalue kind of certain kinds of strength and control, certain, certain kinds of ability that have a place and have value. But I think we undervalue some of the other qualities of leadership, like, like relational, uh, relational capacity ability to read and empathize, ability to inspire people, not just through like a crack of the whip, but inspiration through curiosity, through digging into someone's passion and then but, bringing that. But guess that. what? That is still part of the tradition that we're talking about. And when you go into this with curiosity and you ask them, why do you want to hire somebody like you? That's, let's start from that. Mm. You know, um, it is easier for me now to say, if, I'm, if I was going to do anything, I would reach out to my community. Right. It's, it's just I don't know how it's cemented to say, why is that like that? It is still part of that tradition of men um, thinking like because even though they may not be taught, but the society makes it look that way that that is how it's supposed to be done. Maybe it's, it's easier. Maybe it's it gives more comforting. But how do we start changing that? That is what Grow Women Leaders is actually assisting in doing to say, mm -hmm. have you ever thought about this? What if you as a CEO, you get help from Grow Women Leaders and we help you. We would never just help you one time, but keep helping you in order for you to get it right. How mm -hmm. does that sound? Mm -hmm. So that is where we help because it's, in order for us to have uh, reach a true a truth in anything that we do, ongoing dialogue has to happen. That is why when when it doesn't matter if he's in a relationship, in community, or when it comes to uh, being present at the table, if your voice is not constantly, if you're, there's no representative for you at that table. Your, your thinking and what you believe will never get to that table. That's, that's idea because nobody's gonna bring it out. Mm. And if not ongoing um, dialogue, conversation, you know, if it's not constantly had, 
sometimes people don't understand. You, you need you, human being. I don't know. I think we need this sort of reputation and also, uh, you know, and telling them, don't worry, it's going to be okay. It's going to okay. If it doesn't work out, let's just try it. I think that's where we operate from. If somebody, Often. if we don't see that, we just say, okay, you know, don't ask, don't tell. You know, let's just be going. I think this is where nice of always pushing for, and that is why for me sometimes I still don't believe in like you no know, radical way of getting things done. I think it's conversation mm -hmm. and saying how can we make this better, you know, and, and, and we take it from there. Because if not, if conversation is not having around that, and not just on a one-time basics, ongoing basics, mm -hmm. let's work together, let's be like, like supporter of each other. If, if I do it, if it doesn't work, tell me what I can do. And and if I don't do it correctly and I'm reluctant and I don't care, then you can make your assumption about me. Yeah. Uh, if I'm a black woman right now, you are there, you have a beliefs around a black woman to say maybe, oh, they're not going to do it like maybe, you know, a, a white person. Okay, that's fine. But give me a chance. Mm. Let me let me show you what I can do. If I don't like it, you can tell me later to say, oh, I, I gave it a chance before. It didn't work out for me. Then it's on record. Record, right you're not just giving me a chance to say okay, let me even have a conversation yeah. that is where the problem strains from and this is this is where the problem of uh, the race stream for because you don't know me that well you don't you don't know what I eat you don't know what I talk about you don't know what my tradition look like if you give me the time to dialogue I think you I will be able to maybe change your perspective for mm. good or maybe for worse but either way just give me a try mm. uh to to do that and that is how we should bring that into equality when it comes to leadership yeah. it doesn't matter if it's uh when it comes to race um getting more uh, uh, women of ethnic into that position or getting women in general in there you know and when they are there never assume that oh this is a race right now oh my goodness if you don't get it you are out of the door that's another component but it's you we know what it is. Uh, HRO department will make sure that you, it's like the hospitality department. Don't worry, we're going to make sure that you succeed because we're going to be giving you everything that you need in order to succeed. And that everything that you need, this is where grow kind of, we're trying to make it, not even trying. This is the what I've been building in place to say, we can help you with that. Mm -hmm. Let's help you support this woman and give her two years. If she's really serious about it, she will be able to do it. But women are silence. Mm. It doesn't matter if it's in the culture, in the community, they can't express yourself. Because when they try to, they were like, oh, that means you're not good enough. You're out of the door. That is where all the problem is strings from. I don't know if that helped. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think that the, the other side of that piece, I think that what you just said, when there's not room, when there isn't an honest voice, a, a legitimate space for voice and for action um, people feel shut down they feel disempowered and that's that's for sure going on people and also the community can yeah. also include yeah, yeah. the community what i think also happens there's this amazing again it's like a metaphor but in in the circus and this may not happen anymore but uh, i remember when i was younger i heard this this story and it's in the circus there's often elephants and and the elephant, the full grown, like this huge, I don't know how, how much they weigh, like 15 tons, 20 tons, I don't know how much an elephant weighs, but they're big and they're strong. And this huge elephant has this little tiny rope wrapped around its foot and tied to a little peg. For sure the elephant could, could go and run. And so the, the story that I heard was, you know, one day the, the, a small child sees the elephant and, and goes to their parents and says why doesn't the elephant just run like they could they could get out of that rope for sure 
and, and the parents don't know why the elephant doesn't do this. So they go and they talk to the elephant trainer and the elephant trainer says, well, when the elephant is little, it gets a big chain and a huge stake in the ground. And for the first year it of their struggling. life, it tries and it tries and it tries and it just has no chance with that chain and that peg. There's no I way it's going to get away. And then as it gets older, the chain gets smaller and smaller. And then by the time it's a full-grown elephant, all it needs is the, the little rope and the little peg because as soon as it feels it, what it says in its head is, I can't get away. I love that analogy. Yeah. That's beautiful. Every and, time and, I hear that, it just gives yeah. me chills. Yeah, and so to me, I, that's for all of us. Wherever we have said, I can't, most of the time it's a lie. It's just based on the fact that in the past it didn't go well and we made a decision inside that we can't anymore instead of showing up each day and doing the best we can. So, so that to me, that's across the board, every culture, every gender, like if we all drop our story and the conclusions we've drawn and we just do our best each day, things can really happen. And the other piece that I totally agree with is the change is not going to come through, through fighting and through uh, f proving some other person or other idea wrong. It's going to come through us showing up and having real relationship, relationship, real conversation where we can see and feel each other and go, oh, we're different in lovely ways, but we're way more the same than we are different. That's correct. And that, that makes the difference for makes people. Yeah, yeah, because by then you'll be able to know the, do, uh, the, the wants and don't wants. You'll be able to know more about me, what I like, what I don't like, where, where the gaps are. Until that happens, you will not be able to know what, what, what the, where the gaps are, you know, um, because we should know that uh, all fingers are not equal, right? People uh, go through challenges in different ways, you know. If only we can just slow down sometimes. And even though you don't even ask questions, if you pay attention, you might be able to know, oh, oh, you can, you can sometimes look at people's life and, and just feel like maybe or maybe right. And after all said and done, you might be 70% right about that person if you come from the aspect of empathy of, you know what, uh, instead of drawing into conclusion and this conclusion resulting in fights and, and, and even we getting us down into where we're not into a deeper pit. It's where we have to be coming from, and that's where I really understand. I, I really love that part of, you know, empathy, you know. All these are all said from both sides. It doesn't matter, men, women, or whatever it is, um, uh, you know, operating from the part of empathy to say, you know what, I've been here for a while. How can I really support you? You know, what can we do, you know? And maybe if costs are being the issue, but maybe you'll be so surprised, too, that not even the cost, that is a problem, you know. Wanting to just pay more attention. Uh, and even sometimes, when I was growing up, my grandmother, oh, she was so lovely before she, she passed. You know, she was so caring. She, did, she didn't have so much. But you could tell that whatever she gave, she gave, she gave it with love. You know, now I'm going <laughs> to be emotional. Sure. So we didn't have much when we were growing up. So when grandma goes out, when she gets any treats, candy, oh my gosh, these kids here, my kids are spoiled. So the little she would get from the market or somebody had given her, she would keep it for the grandchildren. She will, a traditional way, ties it, and when she gets home, she gives it to everybody, little by little, and we are so happy. Oh my God, this is a sweet and all that. And when we're done, we are like, oh, grandma, when we when we grow up, I'm going to buy you a car because we know we're struggling and there was nothing. We're like, 
really poor. We're going to buy you a house. But Grandma, I'm going to buy you a lot of clothes. And she'll smile and tells you, even though you don't get to buy it for me, like she knows she wasn't going to stay, and even though you don't buy it for me, you just saying it and letting me know that you would take care of me when you grow up means a lot to me. But guess what? She's not here now to really enjoy the fruits of those labor. So that's what I feel that should be like empathy and understanding older people, um, you know, where they are coming from means a lot. Yeah. You know, when you open your mind to say, you know what, um, we want to give you a table. We know it might take you a time to get to where it's expected, but you've been here every day to learn. Uh, your children might be able to to learn from that and just that inclusiveness. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's politics, if it's at work, if it's wherever it is, it means a lot. Mm. You know, and then that person is gonna go home and have this renewed sense of belongingness and you know, strength and you know, I think that's little by little. I think all this that we discuss about my God, how is it gonna get there? It's gonna take a lot of work. And uh, that's another part of the mandate that we're actually pursuing that if we don't get to take care of whatever we're going through, we're still talking about inequality at this day and age. Imagine the, you know, we're moving into the future and now the COVID-19, what is currently happening, we don't even know what is ahead of us. And of course now uh, the fourth industrial revolution, the so-called fourth industrial revolution might be around the corner, right? Because we've been through the first, second, third, right? So the fourth, so if, if, if they are saying that it's going to hit us like a light, a light speed and the uh, inequality is going to be the order of the day and the people are already left behind and where we're going, it kind of make me worry to say, what are we doing right now to do the best that we can? Mm. So many people still feel included. Mm. You know, that's another part of mandate that will go like, let's start talking about the future of work, future of business and future of leadership. Uh, for for where we're heading or where we're headed so yeah that's where it is <laughs> so amazing sorry. i know i i <laughs> love this story it was so good I'm and so and sorry. the reason the reason i love it so much is that we miss the kind of value that those those acts have like the the act that a grandmother like that the impact that that has how it reaches us and that if we want change that it's not that we need to give candy to people of course yeah. not but yeah. but what that the the act of her doing that represented yes made a difference of course it does and i love that yeah it's just you including people you know just sit here you don't have to say so much here but just it, it starts with little bit dolphin totally. it starts with little bits yeah. it's just you you know just be there just listen to this you're invited and that's why i'm lo loving this dip i think there were you were there the other day when paula was talking about inclusion diversity and then belonging right so is that belongingness and you see people don't really talk about belongingness that really that 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 is the main stuff you can talk about diversity you can talk about inclusion all day long but the work is in belongingness, mm. right? And belongingness means that we understand all that we have to go through. You know, just it, it takes two to tango. And a little bit of effort, I feel, is going to go a long way. And that's where we should be coming from. Yeah. You know, I, I think uh, and uh, that's where we, we try to educate uh, corporations, the government, talk about this and make it easy for people to start having, at least having a dialogue, yes. right? And that's what we've been doing since 2017. And we, we'll, we'll go into the next stream, but the conversation is always a bigger part of what we do. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a total me. pleasure. I, I look forward to more. I know there's going to be more. Uh, for people that want to connect with you or grow women leaders, how do they find you? 
and and then I'll just sort of do a little bit of a close piece. Wonderful. You can find us at growwomenleaders.com. And also, I can just add this. We currently have our, our programs launch and our first courts for entrepreneurship, employment, and civic engagement is open for September. Uh, so, yes, uh, uh, all uh, the Andros, all the social media is Grow Women Leaders. You're going to find us there. And uh, uh, if you want to reach us by email, it's info at Grow Women Leaders. And uh, you should know that we're here uh, to help you know, support women, support uh, organization and the governments who are struggling with uh, inclusion, diversity, and also, uh, you know, inequality, wanting to bridge those gaps. We're really wanting to, to do this so we can also really serve as a, a way for you to make it happen. And that's why we're here and that's why we grow women leaders. And please do not get it confused. We do not just focus on women alone. We are uh, the two and the resources that, uh, uh, well, we position ourselves that everyone, I mean everyone, men, women, children can use in order for us to start putting all that we talk about uh, to start making it be something of the past, right? Mm -hmm. uh, remembering that it doesn't matter who we are, male or female, uh, our vision, our life, uh, our thoughts, everything, that aspiration, they're valid. Thank you. So if you want to kind of plug in and get support from Grow Women Leaders, uh, obviously check out the website. And if you're someone in the community that wants to support what Grow Women Leaders is doing, maybe you have um, finances or connections or you just love what Tracy's doing with Grow Women Leaders, uh, please get in touch. And again, I, I look forward to our next conversation. Thank you so much. This is wonderful. Mm -hmm. I love it. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Darling. Thanks, Tracy. <laughs>